Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. 1 Timothy 4, the Lord said to us that 2020 would be a year of decision and uh, that a year when a stand would have to be made. And he said those that stand for the principles in the Word will find themselves more and more at odds with the world and the world system. He said there will come, if you can imagine, an even greater divide between what is right and wrong as the world gives heed to lying signs and doctrines of devils. The decision to stand for truth and what is right is what will make the difference. And we talked uh, over the last couple of services about this decision to stand for what is right. You know, the Lord is already thinking about 2021. Hallelujah. He said Sunday night in the Kansas location, Sunday morning actually, the Holy Spirit was moving so powerfully. And he said 2021 would be a year of light and magnificent victory. I believe that. Amen. He's already thinking about 2021. Uh, that, that means that 2020 and its problems do not have God's attention. Wow. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So what has your attention? 1 Timothy 4.1 says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So Paul says that in the last days, in the latter times, something that these people will hear will cause them to depart from the faith, to deny Jesus Christ and go away from the Christian faith. And then he says what it is, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And he says the reason is they gave heed to it. And we've defined this over the week, so I'm not going to take a long time with it. But that word giving heed, that phrase means to turn the mind to or to hold the mind towards. So they heard it, they turned their mind towards it, and they kept their mind on it. All right? And eventually it brought about this desire, this motive to leave the faith, to turn away from the things of God because they were giving their attention to something that they shouldn't have listened to. Amen. The Phillips translation says, uh, allow themselves to be spiritually seduced. The New English says, gave their minds to doctrines inspired by devils. The Jerusalem Bible says, chose to listen to deceitful spirits. So notice this. They allow themselves, they give their minds, or they choose to listen. So giving heed then is something that I willingly do. I choose to put my mind on it. I choose to hold my my mind towards it. I have to get up every day and determine what is going to have my attention today, right? What am I going to give my focus to? Amen. Now, now the world has determined what has their focus. And what has their focus is whatever is the most sensational, whatever is the most, right? If it bleeds, it leads. And that's what has their focus. I've got to determine what am I going to hold my mind towards? 
What am I going to give my mind to? The real estate, the valuable real estate of your mind can never afford, you can never afford to just give it to anything. All right? Because we've talked about this a couple weeks ago. The person that wins the mind wins the game. The enemy's always after your mind. He's after the real estate in your mind. Because if he can get you thinking a certain way, he can get you going a certain way. If he can get you thinking defeat, he can get you defeated. If he can get you thinking failure, he can cause you to fail. And that's why God said in the book of Isaiah, he said, I need you to do something. I need you to forsake your thoughts and forsake your ways. And I need you to start thinking my thoughts and need you to start acting my way, right? Because that's how I'm going to remove the limits. That's how I'm going to take the limits off of God and off of what He wants in my life. If I don't take the limits off my thinking, God can't take the limits off my life. Because He needs me to make a move. He needs me to do something. And Amen. And so He said they gave heed. So Paul said they were deceived because they allowed, they gave their minds to, they chose to listen to the wrong teaching. And that, that, that applies to anything you're listening to. Anything. If I choose to give my mind to it. Hallelujah. Now, so that means to be selective about what has your attention. Be selective. Even, even in your teaching, the Christian programs you listen to, be selective. Just because it's Christian doesn't mean it's edifying. Doesn't mean it's faith-filled. Doesn't mean it's word-filled. Amen. I had a brother come to me one time with a book, and, and, it was, and, and I don't have anything against anybody, but it was, it was somebody that was not of a, a faith bent and, 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 and not word-based, in, in my opinion. And he said, have you ever read this book? I said, no, I've never read that book. I wouldn't read that book. Well, why not? Because there's no word in that book. I got to be selective about what I hold my mind towards. Right? Because there's things God wants to do, and if I don't have my mind right, if I don't have my mindset correct and, and stayed on the right thing, He can't do it. Oh, glory. So look at John chapter 2. Let's look at some things tonight. John chapter 2. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And verse 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said, Woman, what have I to do with you? My hour is not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says... Unto you, do it. Now, there's something that we see here and something we're going to dig into. Mary was aware of the need. Now, there are people that say they were relatives. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But ever what the issue was, Mary was aware of the need. And so she said they need wine. But notice something. 
What had her attention was the ability of Jesus to meet the need. I don't know if she'd ever seen Jesus do a, a, a miracle. I don't believe so because Scripture says this was the beginning of miracles. But she knew something. She, she knew Jesus was the Son of God because she had been told that. Right? So here's the, here's, here's the key. Almost every other version reads this. Whatever He tells you to do, do it. Whatever He tells you to do, do it. The Woos Bible says whatever He tells you or says to you, do it with dispatch. Meaning do it quickly. Do it quickly. Mary simply cast the care of their shortage onto Jesus and said, whatever He tells you to do, do that. All right? Whatever He says. Everybody say this. Whatever He says. says. Now, in chapter 2, verse 7. Now, I'm going to emphasize some things, and I want you to follow me because I, I want you to see this. I believe, it's, I believe the Holy Spirit emphasizes this in the Word. Verse 7, Jesus said, now remember, whatever He tells you, whatever He says, do it. Jesus said, fill the water pots with water. And they filled the water pots to the brim. Right? Now why did they fill the water pots to the brim? Because He said Right? Amen. Verse 8, And he said to them, Draw out now and bear to the governor of the feast. And they bear it. Jesus said, Fill the water pots. And they filled the water pots. Jesus said, Take it to the governor. And they took it to the governor. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing we got to see. This did not happen just because Jesus said it. He had to have somebody to do what he said. Right? He had to have somebody to do what he said. It wasn't enough that he just said it. Amen. And, and, and here's the thing to understand. You know, there was no evidence to anybody here that Jesus is the Messiah. He wasn't that miracle worker. He wasn't the blind man healer. The water, the man that turned water into wine. They didn't know Jesus could turn water into wine. All they knew was he was there at the feast. But Mary said, hey guys, whatever he says to you, that's what you do. Amen. Their job was just do what he said. Amen. Just do what he said. God needs doers in order for things to come to pass. If what God says in His Word is going to come to pass, He needs someone to do what He says. Amen. He needs someone to do what He says. They could have said that, listen, if Jesus would have said, fill the water pots, and they would have went, why? Or if Jesus would have said, bear this to the feast, I'm not taking it to Him. Now we think about that and we think, well, that that would have been rebellious. That would have been been wrong. Well, but here's the issue. They didn't know Jesus was who Jesus was. They were just acting on what they thought was a normal man's request. Do what he says. Amen. If I'll just do what he says, I'll have what he said. Oh, glory to God. 
Jesus needed someone to do what he said. Faith is a function between the supernatural and the natural. For faith to operate in my life, I have to take natural action. Faith is an act, but it's an act on the Word of God. Well, Jesus was the living Word in the flesh. So when these servants acted, whether they knew it or not, they were participating in a miracle because the Word said, do this, and they did what the Word said, and the water turned to wine. When you take an action and you act on the Word of God, then that's when faith becomes substance of what you're hoping for, Faith becomes the evidence of what you can't see because you're acting in the natural on what the Word of God said. It's it's not just trying to work something up. Sometimes people have that idea about faith. Well, you know, I'm just trying. No, you're not trying to work something up. Faith is substance. Faith is being convinced that something's true. When you see it in the Word of God and you become convinced that it is true, then the next step is acting on what you believe is true. Amen. So whether they knew they were doing it or not, they were acting on the Word. Mary said, whatever He says, do that. Amen. Now, notice in James 1. Whew, I've done it already. I preach myself happy. Now, this is a familiar scripture, but I want you to see something. He says in verse 22, James says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only. Now, stop right there for one moment. Hearing is important, because faith comes by hearing. But you can hear the word, and if I can say it this way, store up faith in your heart, But if you never do anything, you'll never receive anything. See, what has your attention? If if what he is saying is what has your attention, eventually I'm going to have to act on that. And he says, hearers own, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And then he says this. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholds himself and goes his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man that he was. That word doer, it is a performer of the word of God. And so I hear the word, and why do I hear the word of God? So I can do the word of God. I hear it so I can do it. I don't just hear it for faith to come, although faith is coming. Faith is an act. I hear it. Faith is coming so I can act on my faith. Amen. And James said, if I just hear and I never act, I'm deceiving my own self. So notice the devil doesn't have to deceive that person. They deceive themselves. Into what? into thinking that, hey, everything's okay. I got all the faith I need. But here's the thing. James said, if you really, if you want me to show you my faith, I'll show you my faith by my works. I'll show you faith by what I do. Amen. 
in uh, Matthew 7. I'm emphasizing this point for a moment that God needs someone to act. Jesus needed someone to do what he said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew 7, verse 24. Therefore, whoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, and doeth them, I will liken him to a wise man that built his house on a rock, rain descended, floods came, winds blew, beat upon that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded upon a rock. Now, who's that applied to? The man that hears or the man that does? The man that hears and does. Hears my sayings and does them. Amen. Everything where your faith is concerned is going to involve an action on what the Word of God says. The Word produces faith. And it produces faith so you can change your circumstance. Amen. But faith does not change your circumstance. It's you acting on faith that changes your circumstance. At some point, I've got to take an act on the Word. This is what the Word said, and I'm acting on the Word. You're never stepping out on nothing. You're stepping out on the Word of God. People will say, well, you know, I just stepped out there on nothing. No, you didn't. You stepped out on the Word of God because it's the Word of God that you're standing on. Jesus said it's the Word that I'm building on. This incorruptible, unchangeable, unfailable substance called the Word of God, produces a faith that is incorruptible, unfailable, and undefeatable because it comes from God's Word and it comes from God Himself. All I have to do is act on it. Faith will never fail when you act on it. Ever. It will never fail when you act on it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith is an act, but it's acting on the Word. So notice... Jesus said, I not only need you to hear, I need you to do. I need you to do. Brother Hagin used to say this. He'd be praying for people in the healing line. And he would go pray for someone that maybe had a debilitating condition. And he would say, now do something you couldn't do. And they'd start trying. And he'd say, the more you do it, the more you can do it. The more you do it, the more you can do it. Why? Because you're acting on your faith. Every time you take a step, you're acting on your faith. The Bible says that people of faith don't draw back. They keep pushing forward. They keep receiving. Amen. So you're constantly acting on faith. Every day is a faith day. You're getting up every day and acting on your faith. Applying your faith to something. The Woos Bible says in Mark chapter 11, 22, it says, have the faith of God continually. So that's when the Lord spoke to me and said, every day is a faith day. So you're up every day applying your faith. Ever what it may be, you're acting on the Word of God. Amen. Why? Because that's what produces this kind of stability. That whatever comes, it stands. Notice the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall because it was founded on a rock. It did not fall. Hallelujah. And it will not fall. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't fall over. You go higher. Amen. Ever what I'm in, the Word of God will bring me out. Hallelujah. 
I've had people make reference and say, well, what if you lost everything? I'll tell you what I do. Just get the Bible and go get it all back. Amen. Because that's how we got it in the first place. Acting on the Word of God. And here's the thing about faith and acting on the Word of God. It's like setting goals in your personal life. Once you know how to set goals in one area, you can set goals in any area. Once you know how to act on faith in one area, you know how to act on faith in every area. The, the situations get bigger. The circumstances get bigger. A- amen. In, in ministry, the, the one time I was thanking God. Boy, we had just replaced all of our cameras, and we'd spent multiplied thousands of dollars and upgraded them all to ultra HD. And I was thanking the Lord, and I said, oh, praise God. And remember, God has this way of putting his finger in your Cheerios. And so I was just thanking God for everything, and, and he spoke to me, and he said, well, that's, that's the least amount of money you'll ever spend. Well, I had just, just used every lick of faith I had to believe God for those multiplied thousands of dollars. And now he's telling me, well, that's the least amount you'll ever spend. And he said, the bills are only going to get bigger. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> right? But here's something I knew. I knew how to exercise my faith up to that amount. Now, if it goes up, all I got to do is up my faith. Everything you're believing for costs what it's always cost. It costs faith. That's what it costs. That's all it costs. If God says, I want you to have this, then you set about exercising your faith to go get that. And you give that your attention. If God says, I want you in that house, then you exercise your faith to go get in that house. If God says, I want you to sow this seed, then you exercise your faith to build your faith, to procure that seed and sow it. That's how it works. Amen. I just have to do what he says. Glory to God. Well, I don't feel like I can get there yet. Can you lean? Can you lean in that direction? If you can't do anything but lean that way and point your face that way, I'm going that way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And while everybody else is struggling, you're coming out. Why everybody else is struggling, you're victorious and you're overcoming. Why? Because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Amen. Faith, faith is not a suit of clothes or a car or a house. Faith is substance. Faith, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is what pleases God. And every time you act in faith, God gets pleasure. And every time God gets pleasure, God starts blessing and God starts moving and God starts working. Glory be to God. Ha, ha, ha. Do you see that? So whatever he says, do that because that's the answer. That's the answer. Amen. Look at Genesis 21. (coughs) Genesis 21. And we'll come back to John in just a moment. I remember one time. Pastor was telling the story. He uh, uh, he had just finished the church, and he he had a, a group of ministers that had came over and were walking through, and they were talking about how beautiful the church was and and how nice it was. And two ministers looked at each other, and uh, uh, they were overheard to say this: "Well, why don't we? Why can't we have something like this?" And another one said, "Because we don't have any faith." <laughs> Amen. <laughs> faith is the substance. I, I have I have. Listen, you have to be cautious of what you give your attention to because your faith's on the line. 
And, and the thing that you cannot afford to be without, faith is not something you can afford to be against. It's not something you can afford to be without. I got to have it. Amen. In Genesis 21 and verse 1, notice this. And the Lord visited Sarah, notice, as he said, as he said. Does God have an intention of doing what he said? What, what do I have to do? What he said. What he said. He visited Sarah as he said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. So God's not just talking, he's not just saying, he intends to do what he said. What does he need me to do? Be a doer of what he said. Amen. Be a doer of what he said. In, in whatever the area may be. It, it, can, it can be in a very elementary area. Maybe you're, maybe you're believing God for something in your body. Then the first thing you do is you get your, line, your mouth in line with what God said. I'm the healed of the Lord. My body is whole and well. I have the full mobility of my limbs. I'm healthy, whole and well in the, in the name of Jesus. You get your mouth in line with what God said. Amen. And then you start acting on what you're saying. You start acting on what you're saying. I'm well. I'm whole. I'm, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I remember Pastor Michelle and I hadn't been married. Well, we, we had only been married two days, as a matter of fact. And, man, I, got, I woke up one morning, and, I, and I, 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 the job I worked at the time, I had, to, I had to go in at 4 o'clock every other day. I had to go up in at 4 o'clock in the morning. I worked at a, a grocery store, and so I, they, I, I would go in and open the store and, and, and buff and wax the floors. And, and so anyway, but, man, I, 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 so my opportunity clock went off about 3 o'clock, and uh, I was going to get up, and I was sick. Just sick as a dog. As we say in West Texas, sick big. You know, sick as a horse. Hallelujah. And so anyway, uh, uh, I, I was laying there and I thought, oh, I'm so sick. And the Lord said, uh, are you healed? I said, I am healed. He said, then uh, healed men don't lay around in bed. Now, the Lord said that to me. I'm not saying that to you. The Lord said that to me. Faith is an act. If you're healed, faith is an act. There, there's going to be an act to it at some point. Based on what he said. The Lord visited Sarah as he said. God has an intention to do in your life what he has told you he's going to do. Amen. Your job is not to look at the time. Your job is keep building your faith about what God said. Amen. Amen. People miss it because they're looking at the time. Well, God promised me that six months ago. Right. Your job is just build your faith. Yeah. Keep your faith. Keep, keep your faith centered up on what God said. This is what God said, and I'm going to receive what God said. See, because it doesn't matter if it takes six months or it takes a year. The end result will be everything that God said. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see that? And, 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 and faith, faith is never in a hurry. Faith stays the course. Faith just works every day. I said this one time ministering. I said faith is the, it, faith, it does the heavy lifting in the kingdom. Faith wears coveralls. Amen. I said this too. I said, faith isn't sexy. Faith is hard working. 
Amen. You know, if, 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 if you need to take a load of sod somewhere, you don't pull up to the sod company in a Ferrari. That's useless. Right? You pull up in a truck, pickup, flatbed, something that you can load down. Why? It does the heavy lifting. It may not go as fast. It may not look as, as nice. It may not be as sleek, but it gets the job done. I'm here to tell you tonight, your faith will get the job done if you'll just keep acting on what he said. You just got to keep acting on what he said. Amen. Now, John chapter 2 again, or excuse me, Matthew 9. Am I helping you tonight? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Glory to God. Matthew 9 and verse 6. And we'll look at this same uh, story in a couple different accounts. Matthew 9, 6. But that you may know the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up your bed, and go into your house. Notice this. And he rose and departed to his house. Notice, he said to the sick of the palsy. Now think about this for a moment. Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. And he got up. This man did not get healed because Jesus said. He got healed because he acted on what Jesus said. Nobody was healed in the ministry of Jesus that did not exercise their faith. They believed Jesus. Well, what about the multitudes? They came and believed. Somehow we get this idea that Jesus needed the cooperation of the people that he was praying for. I remember one time I had a friend of mine from uh, Nigeria at the church preaching. Great healing ministry. Lawrence Banda is his name. And there was a guy coming to the church that had a degenerative spinal condition. And uh, he was in a wheelchair. He wasn't completely paralyzed. He could, he could move some, uh, but, but it wasn't going to be long. And Lawrence was praying for people, and I was walking along with him, helping him. And, and this man's wife wheeled him up right to the, to the front of the, of the line, right up next to the platform. And, and Lawrence is a very soft-spoken man. Uh, great miracles in his ministry, though. And he walked up to this brother, and he said, Brother, the Lord tells me, now watch, If you'll make an attempt to get up, he'll heal you right now. I'll never forget the man's response. I can't do that. That's what he said. They wheeled him out. To my knowledge, he never got out of that wheelchair. Amen. Now, I've got to think. I've I've got to think that if I'm in that chair, if I pitch out there and fall on my face, I'm trying to get up. Because the Lord said, if you'll make an attempt, I'll heal you. Amen. When Jesus, this man that was paralyzed, when Jesus said, all right, now get up and go to your house. He didn't just lay there and go, but Lord, he, he made an attempt. And when he made the attempt, the word that Jesus spoke met his attempt and he got up off that couch. The Word will meet your attempt to do what the Word's telling you to do. The Word will meet your attempt. 
whether it's in your physical body, in your finances, in your family, whatever God's asking you to do. God's looking for someone to make the attempt so that the Word can meet it. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Hallelujah. So what Jesus said had his attention. Notice, I, I know that can seem elementary. He just did what Jesus said. He just did what Jesus said. Right? I've, I've told the story, and you've heard the story. When uh, uh, Miss Jeannie broke her back in three places when they were in an automobile accident. And you've heard Pastor tell him, I'm not going to take a lot, a lot of time with it. But he was on the phone with Oral Roberts, and Oral Roberts was being moved by the Holy Spirit and speaking what God wanted him to say. And he said, he said, uh, he said put your hand under her back. And he said, I put my hand under her back, and when I did, I felt bones moving. And he said, now tell her to lift up her head. Doctor said, don't lift up your head. But the man of God, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, hearing from God, lift up your head. She lifted up her head. He said, now tell her to sit up. She sat up. He said, now, now I'm, I'm abbreviating it. Put your feet on the floor. Stand up. She did it. Now walk to the wall. She walked to the wall and walked back, got, back, got back in bed. And he said, now tell her, tell her to get back in bed and lay there. And what the Lord did was he spoke to Miss Jeannie. And he said, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna take it easy. And you're going to lay in bed for 30 days. And you'll be healed. What, what was all of that? Acting, the Word of God met her action. Because when the doctor said, we want to put three rods in your back and operate on your back, she said, no, I wasn't paralyzed when I come in here, and you're not going to operate on me, and I'm not going to be that way now. And what did she say? God loves me too much to let me be paralyzed. Hallelujah. So what had her attention? What God said, how much God loved her. So this man is laying there paralyzed, and Jesus says, okay, get up. Okay. Getting up. Do you see that? So wherever you're at, if God says you're going somewhere else, just agree. Be easily persuaded by the Word, and the Word will meet your action. Yeah, but I can't see it. You're not, listen, you don't have to see it, you just have to act. Very often the scene comes after the acting. Isn't that what Scripture says in Hebrews 11? That Abraham went into a land not knowing, looking for a land, didn't know where he was going, but he went anyway. It says that Moses forsook Egypt as seeing him who is invisible. Right? Faith is not a blind leap. But very often you're acting in faith and you, you can't see the end result. You can't see what's coming. But that word, which is the creative substance of God, is meeting your action. And every step you take, it, what you need to do next will be created. Right now God is creating for you those things that He's asking you to believe Him for. If God's asking you to believe Him for a certain thing, He behind the scenes, or however you want to put it, is working to bring those things that he's asking you to believe him for. God is not playing. He doesn't ask you to believe for something and not intend to give it to you. The Bible says if he said it, he'll do it. 
If he promised it, it's coming. Why? Because he said it. And that's why Scripture tells you twice, God cannot lie. Tells us in Titus 1, God who cannot lie. Tells us in Numbers that God is not a man that he should lie. In other words, men can lie, God can't. So if God says, I'm going to do this for you, you got to start acting like God's going to do that for you. Hallelujah. Because you're, you're the Word, the creative substance of God, will meet you at your action. Oh, glory to God. When, when the Lord began to deal with Pastor Michelle and I to come out of debt, and, I, and I've told this story before, He gave us actions to take, things to do, steps to take. Amen. Ever what it was. And, and the Word of God met us at every turn. Whether it was favor, whether it was discounts, whether it was whatever, settlements, whatever it may be. I've told you the story about calling the place and wanting to settle this account that we had. And, uh, and they said, how much do you want to settle it for? I said, 25%. And the lady on the phone said, oh, I don't know if we can do that. And I said, well, that's, that's what I want to do. And she goes, hold on a minute. And she put me on hold. And then came back on, and I believe it was a different lady. Might have been the same one, but I believe it was a different one. And, and when the hold button come off, here's what I heard, Pastor Steele. I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, praise the Lord. <laughs> so I went from somebody that said you can't do it to a spirit-filled, saved person. And she said, uh, 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 you're wanting to settle this account for 25%? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I believe we can do that. And I said, all right, praise God. And she said, yes, hallelujah. And we're shouting back and forth to each other. What happened? The word met me at my action. Hallelujah. Now, notice over here in Luke 5, because there's something to see here. Mm. When you act on the word, you're acting on the creative force of God. It, the Bible says that he created seven times in the book of Genesis chapter 1. It says God said. And every time God said, something came into being. When God says something to you, that's the creative force. I have to act on it. And when I, that has to have my attention. Well, how, how do you know you're healed? And, and we, we simplify it sometimes say, because God said. Well, but, but if we explain that, I know I'm healed because I'm acting on what God said. Right? So Luke chapter 5, verse 18. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and lay him before him. When they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went up on the housetop, led him down through the tiling with his couch in the midst. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but, God's alone, but God alone? I want you to see something. This man was paralyzed, not deaf. Now, why is this important? Because... He could hear the Pharisees arguing with Jesus. What do you mean his sins are forgiven him? 
And, and that was important because the Jews believed that if you were sick, it was because you sinned. And, and here's the issue. In order to be healed, you had to be forgiven. Jesus reversed the order and said, your sins are forgiven you. Why? He's going to prove a point. I'm who I say I am because if I can, if I can heal him, according to what you believe, his sins had to be forgiven. Right? But they're arguing with him. Ha, ha, ha. They're arguing with Jesus. Don't ever let the noise in the peripheral around you overcome what he said. Because when God tells you to do something, you're going to hear any chorus of voices that tell you it's impossible. That's why you got to keep your focus on what he said. God rewards faithfulness. God rewards faithfulness. And you'll enter into things, thank you, Holy Spirit, you'll enter into things just because you're faithful. Faithful to what God asks you to do. Faithful to where God asks you to be. Faithful to say what God asks you to say. And He'll reward that. Oh, glory. Now, notice verse 24 real quickly. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say to you, arise, take up your couch, and go to your house. And immediately he rose, took up that whereon he lay, and departed into his own house, glorifying God. Notice this. He said, take up your couch, go to your house. And he rose up immediately and took up that whereon he lay and went to his house, glorifying God. What does this mean? He heard the Pharisees arguing with Jesus, yet when Jesus said, take up your couch and go home, he got up. All of the arguing didn't have this man's attention. What Jesus said had his attention. See, you have to understand, what has your attention can be the difference between receiving and not receiving. What has my attention can be the difference between whether I receive or not. Amen. If God says, I'm going to do this for you, I'm going to produce this in your life, and someone will say, well, you don't qualify. Now, wait a minute. Hang on. He said he would do it. I already qualify through the blood of Jesus. So ever what God has to do to move me in a position of qualification in the natural is what will happen. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.3, the foundation scripture for our ministry, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed or put in order or set in their respective order by the word of God. Is that what it says? So that the things we see did not come from the things which do appear. What you're believing God for is not going to come from a realm necessarily of what you can see. It's going to come from that supernatural realm called faith. 
everything that you have need of or desire already exists. It just exists in a realm that you cannot see in the natural. When you start acting in faith, you're not only just believing, you're acting in the supernatural. You're getting over into the supernatural realm. There's a thin layer of existence between the natural realm and the spiritual realm. It's not very thick. It's real thin. And it's the area of faith. And once you get over and you start living by faith, walking by faith, seeing by faith, you start seeing everything God wants you to have and everything God wants you to do and everything God wants you to be. It already exists. It's already there. God doesn't have to create it. It's there. It's just in the realm of faith. There's nothing God has to create. It's already there. He said those paths were already set out. Ephesians 2.10. He said there were good paths that God had foreordained from the foundation of the world. Everything that God brings into your life, we call them blessings. Everything God brings into your life, He already had it ready. He already had it prepared. He already wanted to do it. It was eventually I got to the place where my action met what the Word of God said. Mm. Hallelujah. John 5. Oh, I got a few minutes. <laughs> Hallelujah. So right now, the creative power of God is producing. Right now. If God said, I want you to be debt free, there are things working right now to produce your debt freedom. Well, how's it going to happen? Who cares? My job is not define or determine how it's going to happen. My job, remember, how is this water that we put in these pots, how is this going to be okay with taking this to the people? Just do what he said. Amen. Because what they needed was wine. What you need, what you desire, <laughs> will be found in what he said. The wine was found in what he said. They acted on what he said. The answer was in what he said. What you desire is in what he said. Act on what he said. But that doesn't make sense. That's not the point. Act on what he said. Master, the axe head fell in the river. It was borrowed. What am I going to do? Where did it fall? Get a stick. How's a stick going to help us? Just get a stick. Put the stick in the water and the iron swam. Iron don't swim. It did. It swam. It floated. Iron floated. An iron axe head floated to the top and swam to the shore. That's impossible, but it did. It happened. Amen. Why are those accounts in the Bible? Because nobody has that impossible of a situation that you know. Nobody. That thing was on the bottom of the river. Hallelujah. But you act on what he said and the, what you need is in what he said. I'm just acting on what he said. Glory be to God. 
Amen. John 5 verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. There's that Jerusalem by the sheep uh, market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great, great multitude of infant folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool, troubled the water. Whoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatever disease he had. Now, I want you to notice something. Now, we're going to read on some, some things, but this was God's mercy in providing this avenue for people to get healed. But notice, even when the, the water was troubled, they still had to act. They still had to act. Now, Jesus comes into this scene, and uh, it says, A certain man was there that had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying, knew that he had been a long time in that case, he said, Will you be made whole? The impotent man answered, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool, but while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus, here it is, said to him, Rise. Now, wait a minute. This is the guy that can't move. He's just said, Well, I've been here a few times, and when the water is troubled, I don't have anybody to help me. What he didn't know was the one that troubled the water was talking to him. I I don't need you to get in the water. I'm him. Right? God doesn't need you to do anything but just what he said. He just needs you to act on what he said. If if I can get you to see this before we go home. God intends 100% to do whatever he told you. He just needs me to act on what he said. Well, it can't be that easy. Faith is not complicated. Faith is easy. Faith is acting on what God said. Amen. Glory to God. So, Jesus said, do you want to be well? And he said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And notice, and immediately... The man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. But notice, he had to take up his bed. He had to walk. Where was the answer? In what Jesus said. Now notice something. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It's the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. You know, religion will always overlook the evidence of God's goodness in favor of their tradition. Always. And he said, uh, notice, he answered him. Well, he that made me whole, uh, he said, take up your bed and walk. (laughs) So I don't know why y'all got a problem, but he told me to take up my bed and walk. He didn't even know who Jesus was. Because, read it, read it, because the scripture says, uh, he that was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away. A multitude being in that place. So, so he, just, he just knew Jesus came up and said, do you want to be whole? And next thing you know, Jesus is saying, okay, rise, take up your bed and walk. And he goes, okay, and got up. And they said, who was it? I, I don't know. Just the guy that said, take up your bed and walk. So I just did it. 
Well, hey, how'd that happen in your life? I mean, I knew you last year and things weren't like they are this year. What happened? I just got up. I just, I just did what he said. There are things you can't explain. I've told you about coming out of debt. We came out of debt with all the debt we had in nine months. I, to this day, I don't know how it happened. I know it was supernatural. I know God did it supernaturally. But to tell you how it all happened and put all, I can't. I can't wrap my mind around it. But he did it. It happened. It's documented. It occurred. Amen. Why? Because he said, do this. And he did it. Amen. Hallelujah. What you believe will always come back to what he said. Because here's the thing. What he said was the answer. When something else gets your attention, the word will become non-operative in your life. Hallelujah. For instance, he said the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if you don't feel strength, what should you work on? Why? Because he said. Where's the answer? In what he said. Yeah, but I don't feel joyful. You don't have to feel joyful to have joyful joy. You're born again. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not, it's not based on how you feel or what's going on or, or, or the situation. You have joy because you have it on the inside of you. And you can pick the fruit of joy and partake of it anytime you want. Why? Because he said. Isaiah said what? With, with, he, said, he said, with joy you'll draw water out of the well of salvation. Out of the well of your salvation and your deliverance and your healing and your prosperity and your, per, and, and, and your uh, preservation. How are you going to draw that out? With joy. How, and the Bible says that joy is evidenced by the fruit of your lips. Well, what if I don't feel joyful? It has nothing to do with it. How you feel has little or nothing to do with what God said. Amen. Now let me, let me hurry and finish here. Mm. Hebrews 13. You'll remember in Hebrews 3, we won't take the time to go there, Paul talked about uh, the Israelites and that uh, the word preached to them did not profit them because it wasn't united by faith in them that heard it. The King James says uh, uh, it wasn't mixed with faith. Hallelujah. The word they heard didn't keep their attention. To, to be in faith and stay in faith, the word has to be what has and what keeps your attention. Amen. We answer every situation with what does the Word say. Because here's something important. The Lord said this to me one time. Nothing ever has to happen to me. It doesn't have to go that way. Amen. The, the enemy wants you to start thinking that everybody goes through that and you, it has to happen to you. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I knew a minister one time that he was, he was forever struggling. 
And that was always evidence to him that he was out of the will of God. If there was no struggle, he was in the will of God. If he was out of the will of God, it was a struggle. And I told him one day, I said, listen, a challenge is not evidence that you're out of the will of God. And smooth sailing is not evidence you're in the will of God. And he just looked at me. I said, remember when Paul said, hey, guys, we shouldn't lose from this port. Remember in the book of Acts? And they loosed anyway. And what did they say? When the south wind blew gently, they thought, eh, what's he know? Till the next day. And they're in the middle of a storm. And Paul said, y'all should have listened to me. Right? Amen. Why, why, why is this important? Because nothing ever has to happen to me. I don't have to struggle because everybody else is struggling. Right? I don't have to go through hardships because everybody else is going through them. Amen. You will not find the school of hard knocks in the Bible. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Bible says the way of the righteous grows brighter and brighter unto a more perfect day. It says the way of the transgressor is hard. That doesn't mean I don't face challenges, but what challenges am I facing? Faith challenges. Faith challenges. Did you find Hebrews 13? Verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, now notice that, he has said. What did he say? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Why did he say that? So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do to me. He has said, I will never leave you or forsake you, so I can boldly say, I won't fear what man can do to me. But I like what the Woost Bible says. It says, for he himself has said, and the statement is on record. When it says the statement is on record, do you realize? And you may realize this, but get it in your consciousness. God has bound himself to every word he has said. He's bound to it. If God said it, if he will find somebody that will act on it, what God said will meet their action. Because he's bound to it. He's bound to it. And so it says here, notice, he himself is said, and the statement is on record. So there's record in heaven of everything God has said. And he's bound to that. When Jesus was facing uh, Satan in the wilderness, and he quoted from Deuteronomy in the Woos Bible, it says Jesus said this. He said, it is written and is presently on record. Well, why? Because every word of God is alive. It never dies. It's living. So Jesus, even acting under the old covenant, there is spirit life in Scripture from Deuteronomy to run the devil off. Because God spoke it. When God says something to you, God, God spoke it. And remember what he said in the book of John? Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll do it for you. And, and the Greek has that tense there that says this, and if he doesn't have it, he'll create it. Now we know that God has, God, there's nothing God doesn't have. 
But he's saying, I'm so determined to do what I said, I told you to ask, and if by chance, if by some chance I don't have what you're asking for, I'll create it. Wow. Why? Because he's bound to his word. I, I taught a series, The Integrity of God's Word. And when you, when you have this understanding that when God says something, it's immediate truth. Your word is truth. And so he says, it is on record, I will not, I will not ease to sustain and uphold you. He, he emphasizes that. I will not, I will not cease to uphold you. And then he says this, I will not, I will not, I will not let you down. That's so important. Because what has our attention Here's what it should be. I will not, I will not, I will not let you down. Not going to let us down. He emphasizes that three times. In the Greek, the Greek language, he emphasizes that three times. Three times he said, I will not let you down. Now, years ago, the Lord showed me this, and, and, and you got to do whatever you do. Symbolisms mean a lot to me. He said, when you talk to me about my word, he said, when you're talking about a promise I made, he said, when you, see, when you see that promise, you need to see me standing with my right hand raised saying, I swear I'll do what I said. I swear I will do what I said. Hallelujah. So God's going to do it because he's bound to it. And he swore it. The Bible says when God was talking about Abraham, he said, because God could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. And I love, I love that because when you study in the Greek, you, you get this idea that God actually looked for somebody greater than him. Couldn't find him. So he just swore by himself. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. Nobody else can. I will. Ha, ha, ha. That's why we used to sing the song coming up in church, Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Right? Can't nobody do me like the Lord. Oh, my God. So God told Abraham, I looked for somebody else. Can't find him, Abe. So I just swore by myself. In blessing, I'll bless you. Multiply and I'll multiply you. I'll make your seed as the sands of the seashore in number and as the stars of the sky. I'll bless you and I'll make your name great. And nations will come out of you. Kings will come out of you. And you'll be a multitude. Right now, you're just believing to have one. I'm seeing a multitude. And God swore by that. Well, it came to pass. So everything God told you, just a matter of time, it's coming to pass. Why? Because he swore. Amen. Stand up, everybody. Praise God. I hope you got something out of that tonight. Thank you, Jesus.